0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network.
2: It is the Oz Network, as we are here for the third and final time to talk about The Continental from the world of John Wick. Uh, episode three slash season one finale slash series finale, we don't know. Um, but it's got The Continental in it, and it's got lots of killing. And it's got a great one-liner that Jamie is just killing me with anticipation to find out what she's going to use as a quote. I'll start off by saying, my name is Colin, and away we go.
1: And my name is Jamie, and you know, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I've never been to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens.
2: Neither have I. I bet you Ben's been there. We could have had him on to talk about the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. Sure, maybe. (laughs) Uh, So we just finished watching this episode about four minutes ago. Yeah. We talked a
1: little bit throughout the episode. Um, uh, I had to watch part of it on my phone again. It's again, very dark. Yeah.
2: Well, it, it, it looks great on the TV though, doesn't it? It does. So it's just, just avoid watching on a,
1: on a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty All much.
2: Right. So, I mean, I, I love the finale. Uh, I have a couple of minor complaints, which I'll get to later on, but, uh, I love the finale. I think what I love the most about it is that, uh, When we ended last week, we were kind of saying, these are all the things that I'd like to see in the finale. And it checked every single box. In fact, the only box it did not check that both of us said was, you said, you want some type of resolution on, are these John Wick's parents? Where is John Wick born? Are we going to see a baby John Wick? Anything like that. And we didn't get that. And that's one of the reasons I love this finale is because I want to keep some of the mystery alive. So I'm I'm so happy that's the one thing we didn't get. It's the woman in me, okay? I can't help it. The woman in you just needs to
1: know... I want to see, like, cute little babies. Especially if it's Keanu baby? I don't care. Cute little babies. You know what I forgot to tell there, you? There's not really such thing as an ugly baby. You know what I forgot to tell you? Oh, I've seen some ugly babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's so
2: mean. I didn't mention them by name. I mean, they, they might be listening. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, but I forgot to tell you this. Uh, uh, I, I was out earlier this afternoon. When I was coming home, uh, the... Uh, there's a bunch of satellite radio serious satellite radio stations so one of them is pop rocks right so i'm just flipping through the stations and whatever song was ending on pop rocks i'm like oh this is an interesting song to be playing on pop rocks because it's not really very poppy right and then all of a sudden you hear this voice come on it's like hi i'm keanu reeves from Dogstar. star and then all of his other bandmates from dog star they had basically taken over the show and were playing all their favorite songs and i came i meant to tell you that i'm like hey if you got the app on your phone you could listen to keanu reeves Hour as host of SiriusXM Pop Rocks, but uh, you missed I'm, it. I'm kind of upset with you that you forgot. Well, I'll, maybe maybe we'll we'll find uh, the playlist and you can listen to the. the, the um, playlist.
1: it's still not the same as hearing him talk. If it, I got to look up to see if he actually has like read any read any audiobooks or anything <laughs> like anything like that. I just want to sit and listen. Did, did, I did, 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 I... did I ever tell you? Oh, okay. Did I ever tell you that? Okay, you you know that I like uh, what's that guy with a really deep voice. He's black, he's from... Is uh... <laughs> a so stereotype? No, isn't he the one that does, he's he's in the Conan movie.
2: The Conan, James Earl
1: Jones? That... Most
2: people know him as Darth Vader, you're like the guy from the Conan movie.
1: Anyways, what I'm always weird like that. I'm like, yeah. do you remember them from Phantoms? This
2: is James Earl Jones, okay?
1: <laughs> I always reference everybody from Phantoms. Yeah, I know, it's the weirdest thing in the movie Phantoms. <laughs> And I haven't even seen it in like, I, I don't even know. God Anytime knows how there's long. a movie with,
2: with Liev Schreiber, it's like, yeah, he was great in fan of, which I told you this, that, uh, I think it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike right back. Ben Affleck is a character in that movie. Like he's an, Ben Affleck plays a character in that movie. Who's a character for a previous Jay and Silent Bob movie. And, um, when they find out they made a movie about the comic book that he created, Uh, they, they talk about how Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are going to be playing Jay and Silent Bob in the movie. And like, then those guys suck. Like, except for, except for, uh, Ben Affleck, he was the bomb in Phantoms. And every time you always talk about Phantoms, I always think, he was the bomb in Phantoms.
1: (laughs) Anyways, what I was saying, um, James Earl Jones, uh, there was one time that I I can't even remember if it was like, I'm old. So like, I don't know you're older than me, but, uh. There was, I don't know if it was a CD or if it was like MP3s or whatever, but it was James Earl Jones reading the Bible. And I was like, ooh, what a good way to be spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I want to listen to the Bible more often. Of, no, Jesus, I am your father. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was so weird, but then I'm like, I'm into it.
2: All right. Well, I imagine Keanu Reeves. in the beginning. Um... <laughs> You're pretty good at that. Okay. Anyway, so uh, I was listening to him hosting Pop Rocks today. I should know. Um, all right. So yeah, the finale. Well, yeah, but but we didn't get any resolution of the John Wick thing, which I don't want. I like that they dropped a couple of you know hints here and there. You can interpret whatever you want, but I'm glad we didn't actually get anything more than that.
1: Even like the the quotes that he actually says all the time, like "be seeing you." Yeah. Well, I mean, and
2: I'm not even talking just specifically about those things, because yeah, we do get that in the the throughout, but. It's the little things, like you mentioned the parents, like, oh, is this guy who obviously, like Frankie, he looks kind of like Keanu Reeves' look in the John Wick movies, you know, the mother's Asian, Keanu's part uh, Filipino or or something. And they're both
1: like killers. Yeah, yeah, and they're both killers. I think the the language was Vietnamese, it said on the subtitles.
2: No, she was Vietnamese, but I'm saying Keanu, isn't he like a quarter Filipino or something like that? No, no,
1: isn't it like Hawaiian? I'm pretty sure it's Hawaiian.
2: Okay, well, I mean, Hawaiian isn't. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe Hawaiian is a. I mean, Be- he was born in Beirut, but raised in Canada in Toronto.
1: Where's Beirut? Be-
2: I'm not gonna get into a geography lesson with you. right now. Okay? <laughs> it's Lebanon, Jamie. But anyways, uh, uh, now I gotta find this. Uh, what? Uh, so
1: that was one class that I failed in school. Lebanese? Huh? Was that the class you failed in school?
2: Lebanese no, g- geography. Uh, okay, so Chinese Hawaiian, because yeah, that's was like. Hawaiian, I mean, you could have Japanese, Hawaiian. So, yes, yeah, Chinese, Hawaiian. But anyways, yeah, we, we thought that could have been one of the things. We had the car that was shown earlier, but we didn't get that. So back to the, the finale. All the other things are tied up perfectly. Yeah. Um, does this leave it open for a season two? No, not really. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't think that it's closed off to a season two. I feel like this was a contained story. Yeah. If they ever decide to do a season two, it'll be something completely different. It could be something that takes place ten years later, but this very very satisfying way kind of wrapped everything up and that's what i liked
1: i do have to compliment them too as well on because i know when we were watching it uh the three episodes you know a couple of times i'm like well you know that they're gonna make this or whatever like the two characters that you know that they're gonna survive because they're obviously in the movies Mm -hmm. later on so it's like I have to compliment them on the fact that even though you actually know that they survive just because you've seen the movies, they actually handle it really well. Yeah. Not not where you're wondering if they're going to make it because, again, you already know, but it's it's great. Well, I mean, you also don't... And this is what I was
2: kind of saying last week when you're like, oh, you kind of know how certain things are going to work out. Do we... We didn't... I mean, in the end, we are talking spoilers here. Winston does gain control of the Continental in this, but this show didn't have to end that way. It could have ended a completely different way and then they just got to that story down the road. It's like when uh one of the many showdowns we get in this episode we find out that the the cop uh who has been investigating the content for the last couple of weeks which you we barely got in of last week the lady cop y- yes the lady cop james <laughs> it's a, a cop can only be a man if it's a woman it's a lady cop
1: well no i'm saying because there's two cops in the story
2: uh, as opposed to the gentleman cop um,
1: it, it, it was the hot cop
2: the hot cop okay yeah. uh so basically we find out you even said, what is her chip on the shoulder at Winston? Because we thought this was all about her figuring out what's going on with this weird hotel. She does find one of the coins. She does check herself in there, which to me, I'm going to call that as a bit of a plot hole. I don't think it's just that simple that a complete stranger walks in and hands them a coin and they say, yes, you can come in. I, I would assume, especially since she had been in this establishment a couple of days earlier and tried to pay with a $20 bill and basically got kicked out. That they would have like had her picture on the wall. It's like do not admit this woman or something. That aside, why is it about Winston? What's it all about, Winston? And then we get this revelation that all these flashbacks we saw going back to episode one about uh, the thing that Winston and his brother did that kind of got them into crime. That this thing where they threw the 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 flame into the build, basically burned a building down, and that people died in that building. And then we find out that the cops' family were those people. Now, I. I thought it was an interesting twist. I don't know whether we needed it. I feel like you could have told this story without having that in there. I'm not going to say that's one of my complaints in this episode, but I think what it did allow for is allowed for one of those scenes of tension you're talking about where, yeah, we know that Winston is alive in the John Wick movies, but... We don't know how I got there. I mean, what if this all just didn't go according to plan because she burned him alive? And I was secretly hoping we would see somebody on flames in this episode, which we didn't. <laughs>
1: Lana, I I would have to go back and watch it, but I was asking you, I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen with that because I swear that, you know, obviously she's, she's spraying and again, spoilers, but she's spraying Winston down with obviously some type of accelerant mm-hmm. and then she is about to light him on fire and... She gets shot from and the sniper. The sniper. Yeah. Uh, but she drops the lighter. But I swear that it's open and the flame is still going. Yeah. And there obviously would still be the accelerant on the ground. Uh, well, I mean, maybe not in the but, spot where but, it was. But dropped. it's also carpet, though.
2: Yeah, but I'm sure she was. I, I I think that was just a weird thing where they they kept that shot in there maybe to make you think oh, what's going to happen with this? But then they don't follow up on it.
1: Well, it wasn't like a flash either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was was a very
2: intentional shot, which was a little bit strange.
1: Yeah, I was like, is that flame still going? Is it actually there or did it go
2: out? Now, some of the other showdowns we get, well, first, let's talk about the Sharon because at the end of the last episode, there was kind of that surprise twist. We were like, well, of course, he's going to work with Winston. And then you find out, no, I'm loyal to you. And he's loyal to Mel Gibson. And he basically sells out the entire plan. Now, the thing that this episode did really well is it's the question of, was Sharon with him the entire time? Because Winston shows that he gets taken into custody. Uh, Mel Gibson brings him there. Yeah. And then it's only when he's in the same room with Sharon where Sharon turns on Mel Gibson and he's like, You serious? You're with this guy? Now, I don't know. Do they make it clear that he was with Winston the whole time? Because I think there was a line later on where Winston was talking about, oh, oh, why did you do this? And he said, well, I didn't do it because of that. I did it because your, of brother. your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but but what they don't really make clear is after the bus scene in the last episode where he proposed Sharon come with him, did Sharon basically tell him, yes, and this is what I want to do. I want to go back and I want to tell him your whole plan. And then he's going to take you. That's your way into the Continental because how else was Winston going to guarantee he's going to get in the building? He's one guy that they would never allow in. So I don't know. Did I miss something? to this, this episode make it clear that Uh, Winston and Sharon kind of cooked this whole plan up from the beginning, or is this just a thing where Sharon kept it close to his chest, and then only when Winston was there, he kind of revealed his motives?
1: My impression was basically that they, they went through a couple different options of things that could happen. Um, just in case, but they they were already aware of what would happen when he when or if he got captured. Yeah, like well, I, and I that th- he was always on Winston's side. I think that that
2: was kind of their plan. You are going to be captured. Yeah. This is the way it's going to work. He's going to be suspicious unless I basically go to him and say there's people who have tried to sway me, but I'm with you. Well, everything's planned, then right? You like get in the like even
1: yeah. even when they're at the armory, and Carmack thinks that he's actually got the upper hand and that they're all going to die. Then, it comes like he's all. Winston's already planned this. It's all the guys from the um, what's that, um, that homeless ar- army.
2: The, the homeless army. The homeless army of the world of John Wick. The Bowery. The Bowery. Yeah. What? Come, coming soon. A homeless army from the world of John Wick. The next spinoff.
1: Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Great Canadian movie. <laughs> Now, anyways, so back to that scene where there's all, you know, the hobos in suits. (laughs) Are you okay? You're making me laugh about it. The
2: Bowery, okay?
1: (laughs) Breathe, Jamie. Okay, anyway. Sorry, I'm crying. Uh, Anyways... He knew that that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, Cormac's like, oh, you know, like, I I got to do something. And he turns off the lights and panics because he realizes, obviously, everybody's against him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, there is a lot of things that still are surprising in this episode. Um, uh, l- l- let's talk, before I get to m- m- my complaints, which is more to deal with, I guess, the climax, the ending. I mean, this episode is an hour of the climax. I, we, we both kind of watched what we could on our own. Uh, got up to about 41 minutes into so basically when there was about an hour left, and then I would say 45 minutes of the last hour is just storming the continental. It, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the big takeover, the, the action scene. Uh, a lot of little battles we get in there. We get these showdowns, we get, uh, well, a couple things. We get the, um, uh, okay, so it's Miles and Lou, that's the brother and sister who own the dojo, the, the gun runners. So we get Lou first with the, uh, the uh, Chinese mobster, which that's one of the things where I'm like, you know, it's a cool moment because you have her basically losing her dojo and then blowing it up and blowing up the guy. But I'm like, but that plot was introduced in episode two. And does it really belong in this? Uh, The really, the only reason it seemed to be there is because you needed to find a way to get this kid into the content. I'll give the gun. It just, it seemed like a very roundabout way of doing it. So that's one of the complaints I have is that, you could have done away with that storyline and still accomplished the goal and maybe just had her focused on the battle as opposed to why are we checking in on this? Maybe there is a season two coming and there's gonna be more with that. I don't know. But that, that's one thing that I wasn't as crazy about. Did, but,
1: did, did you like the brother or sorry, which one did you like more with the brother and sister? I like the sister.
2: Uh, well, she has a more interesting story because she has a story arc. For the actors, the guy that plays the brother, like I think he was very much in the background the first two episodes. Yeah, he shined in this episode. Like that when, yeah. when he was in the um, uh, 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 wherever he was pinned down. Uh, I don't know, if it was the, the the bar or something like that, or the restaurant. Um, when he's basically like asking for help and, and talking on the radio to Lemmy and everything like that, like he was really good. And then in, in the fight scenes, I mean, we got some great fight scenes out of oh, both. Oh, they were them, so but, good. Yeah. But this this one, now I I don't even think we mentioned them. We may have just in passing mention them the the brother and sister assassins that were introduced all the way back in episode one which they they called Hansel and Gretel but they also called them the twins the
1: twins um
2: they really got a lot to do in this episode and this is where the show did really well is by taking these minor characters that you're like barely see them even in passing and then all of a sudden it's a major battle in the end so when you had the battle and and they were
1: great both of them yeah they were fantastic but you got the battle
2: between Hansel let's call it Hansel yeah. And Miles and Lou.
1: Did you say let's call it Hansel? Let's, it let's call him Hansel. I don't know. <laughs> because just... he because they're, he looks so
2: weird. They're it both, they're both kind
1: of androgynous. Uh, <laughs> let's call it. They Hansel. They never gave them names. I mean, who knows? <laughs> call it. That's this... that's offensive. You have it's to. It's not say, offensive. You you can't say it. You them, have to say sorry, them. Yes, exactly. I mean, it was
2: the '70s. I mean, David Bowie was in drag. Uh, <laughs> Peter Gabriel and Genesis performed in dresses on stage. It was it was the times, right? Uh, anyways. <laughs> But that fight scene that they had with him was amazing. Uh, and uh, the, the way it all came down with a kid coming out of the ceiling, though, I'm like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm close to groaning. But I'm like, you know what? I'm still embracing this. It's still fun. It just feels like that's not as clever as the kills usually get. Although Come on. It's, shot... like,
1: it's like it's like short round from Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: racist, Jamie.
1: Just no, it's an no. Asian I'm child. saying because he's like a little sidekick. Yeah, well, but, but it had nothing to do with the fact that he was Asian. <laughs> The way that they set up
2: the, um, uh, the kill where he comes out of the ceiling and he's got the gun. I'm just, that's where I'm groaning. But the way that Lou takes the gun and shoots Hansel from behind his head and then they just threw the camera around and it went straight through his eye. I'm like, oh, that's an epic it kill. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so that fight was great. The, uh, the moments where they started using the, um, the male shoots, yeah. uh, th- those hydraulic tubes
1: with the bombs, uh,
2: which, which that's cool. That's a cool nod to the John Wick movies because we know they have those all over the world, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, putting the bombs in their the grenades when it went the opposite direction. When Winston and Sharon used it for C four on every single floor, that was a great shot. When Cormac's was watching on the monitors and watching every everybody blow room, up one after other was yeah. blowing. Uh, all that stuff's great. Um, Did you have a favorite fight scene? I'm going to talk about my favorite fight scene after I let you uh, speak on some of those and whatever your favorite was.
1: yeah. Uh- you know, honestly I, I probably have to say it was the one towards the end with Yen and yes, Gretel. That was Gretel. The, I was gonna say
2: that was my Gre- favorite. Gretel. Let's call her Gretel. I mean I don't think they gave her a real name.
1: I was gonna say is it Gretel or Gretzel? Gretzel? <laughs> <laughs> Gretzky. So they on IMDb they are uh, listed
2: as Hansel and Gretel. Oh, they are. Yeah, but I mean they did mention that as their name, but they also refer them as the twins. I don't think, and I don't think that that was g- their given names. I think it was something on the show where they said, "Oh, those two weird twins." Hansel she, and Gretel. she she looks like a haunted doll. <laughs> she kind of does. But but this is what I wanted to uh, find out because the biggest surprise. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so the biggest surprise of. Uh, her and the fight, this is why that fight was so good. Yeah. We've already seen Yen fight, right? We got the big rooftop thing. I mean, this, this rooftop on the continental, uh, this is where the climax of John Wick 3 takes place. So this is an environment that fans of the series are used to. And, and
1: it's a great set.
2: It's, it's great. But, but the thing that surprised me here was Gretel, was the fact that you find out only during the final fight that this woman is a contortionist
1: yeah cuz suddenly that... you you have yen like yank her backwards and her bone cracks like so you think she actually ha- had like broken her her bone and and all of a sudden yen's just going to come and probably shoot her in the head and then you see her do all these you know uh contortions with her body mm-hmm. and and you realize oh my gosh
2: yeah um, I, I'm going to look something up here. Okay, so I just looked this up. I, I bet you this woman's actually a contortionist. Uh, and she was on America's Got Talent. Uh, season 14. I don't know if this was a season that we actually watched or not. Uh, this, so she's coming up. We're looking at right now. She's on a desk. She basically looks like she's about to rape Simon Cowell. Now she's jumping on stage. She's dancing. Simon looks like he's weirded out.
1: Hey, uh, Jay, Jay Leno's Jay there. Jay Leno's
2: a guest judge. Yeah. She's swinging around on a pole. Um, she really does look like a haunted doll. Yeah, kind of. And now she's doing her contortionist stuff. You got people freaked out in the audience. I We we definitely watched the, this show. I don't know if we watched she, She's season. kind. of She's kind of hot, though. Do, doing the contortionist stuff?
1: No, I'm saying, like, just her. She's kind of hot. I mean, haunted. not with
2: the Gretel wig, but, I mean, here she's all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't... With Gretawig, she looks too much like like th- like them, like Hansel. Uh, Although she them.
1: might like haunt your dreams because she looks like a haunted doll, yeah, but she's kind of hot. But yeah, th- that that was that was what made that fight
2: so cool was that you think you know what you're gonna get in these movies, and nobody is at Keanu Reeves level. Do you know what they were lacking in this episode though? What? Breasts. Yeah, well, there's enough breast. But, <laughs> but yeah, you're never gonna have somebody Keanu's level, and I think that's why I'm not taking away from the fight scenes we got. The fight scenes were great. Yeah. But it's not. Keanu Reeves, John Wick level fight scenes. But to have that surprise in there where you think you know how this is going to go down and then this woman starts doing these ungodly things with her body. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, how is this actually going to play it? And you kind of even question whether Yen was going to die in this.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't know for sure. Because again, like, you know, Winston and... Um...
2: Sharon? Yeah.
1: Sorry. Forgot the name for a second there. I'm sorry. I'm... Yeah, I got dory brain um you know that they're going to survive but all these other characters that you know you're hearing the names for the first time in this series y- you never know
2: yeah and and, and i'm not going to say again this is this is where as the show wraps up uh, after everything plays out you get that moment where you see oh everybody except for one guy died or sorry every only one guy everybody lives except for one guy and they're like two lemmy And we're like, yeah, well, how did this massive bloodbath happen? And these are the only people, none of these people are actually involved in this organization. They're all outsiders, right? You've got gunrunners who just have an awareness of this, but they're not part of this organization. Winston's not part of this organization. The Sniper is in. Lemmy is in. None of them are. And they all live. Like, I think that you could have taken one or two or more of these characters. I'm not saying Yen, but you could have killed a couple of these people off. And I think that maybe it would have had a bit more of an impact on the end. Because at the end, I was almost questioning it. I'm like, really? Somebody else must have died. Like, how is it? It seems a little bit implausible that none of them die.
1: I don't know. Maybe. But again, they had Gene looking out for them. They had Gene? Yeah. Who's Gene? The sniper.
2: <laughs> oh, Gene. The sniper guy. Yes. Well, but again, he, he only if they're near a window on that side of the building. This is, you know, it's he- got... He Multiple was sides. he was
1: pretty awesome. He probably killed a lot well, of people. Him with the lady that he
2: took over the apartment. Uh, <laughs> she, she
1: she had to have it.
2: Yeah, but then he's talking about it. you know I could give you some good advice on horticulture. You know, overwatering your plants is even worse than underwatering them. Uh, I said in the last episode he was probably my favorite side character they've he, had on the show. He, he's awesome. Yeah, he's I amazing. love Gene. Um, all right, so uh, other fight scenes we got. So we we did get um, less with Winston fighting in this, which I was glad at because when you're trying to connect this to John Wick three. John Wick 3, we're going to cover it next year. Um, You have them inside the Continental and basically Winston in a panic room. And Sharon is basically right out there with John, killing everybody. So we knew that he could fight. But you don't picture Winston fighting. And I think specifically because he's the guy who locked himself in the panic room, not as a coward, but just to relax. He's like, this isn't my job. You guys take care of it, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't want to see lots of fighting from him. He's the businessman. Uh, But... The fact that we still get like the the thing with the the lady cop as you call her lady uh, cop, and uh, then we get the uh, the thing with Cormac at the end, which kind of brings me to my only issue with this episode. Now it was exciting uh, the whole time, but I feel like in the John Wick movies, you're always supposed to be surprised at what happens at the end. And uh, uh, when they reveal the point where Cormac was going to blow the building up, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. How are they? Gonna-? I thought maybe they actually will blow this building up, and then they have to rebuild it. That's going to be, you know, the the thing that surprises you at the end of this. We're going to give you the Continental, Mr. Winston Scott, but you got to rebuild it brick for brick.
1: Deep. Do you think with that lady cop that she was basically doing everything she could, including like sleeping with that detective and whatever else, just to actually be able to get back at Winston? Do you think that all of that was
2: that? I don't think she became a cop to get to Winston because Winston wasn't even living in New York. I mean, that was kind of like a surprise that just fell into her lap. This guy came back to New York after being gone for, what, a decade or more. But Mm. thank you for interrupting me in the middle of it. Sorry.
1: Sorry. I'm bad at that
2: even when they're about to, he's about to destroy his own building. I'm like, that's interesting. But then as soon as they're like, Oh, there's an override button. We got to go It became your typical action movie. It became predictable. It became, we know how this is going to play out. They're going to go find him. There's going to be a showdown. And then even the way that the, the final scene with Mel Gibson played, which by the way, I've nothing but praise for Mel Gibson in this episode. Like, when he speaks he gives these monologues in this episode which are so elaborate (laughs) and so over the top and creepy and dark yeah and he's he's sniffing lysol or something to get high in this episode i don't know what he's doing uh but when it came down to it and and he's basically talking to winston and he says you know why i had you torch that building and then winston's like you mean you knew there were people there just as the lady cop comes in i'm like come on I was rolling my eyes a little bit. I did not enjoy it, but it it was too typical of action movies.
1: But it's the same thing, even like at the end of the movie where she's like, you, you think that you stopped that, you know, uh, uh, countdown or whatever. She's like, I stopped that. And again, it's like roll of eyes. It's like, yeah, sure you did. Right. When you, you knew right when he put his hand on there, well, right? Like that's a fairness, little too perfect. They put his
2: hand on there at the last second. I mean, that, that, if if you were to stop it you would wait to the last second. It's possible, but but the way that this sort of became typical action movie with the building's going to blow, we need to stop, we need to get the override device. I mean, it, it just it it wasn't as consistent with what we get in the John Wick movies. It was still enjoyable. It's just it took me out of this world of John Wick a little bit.
1: Sorry, I was looking at your figures on the wall. Okay.
2: <laughs> Which is your favorite figure on the wall?
1: I don't know. I I thought that I got you the Phoenix.
2: Yeah, I just haven't found a place to put it up here. The Phoenix oh. is right here. Oh,
1: okay, there you go. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I keep finding these collectible things for you for a good price. Yeah,
2: we got, we got the Wolverine up there, Thor, Black Widow, the Falcon, Mr. Fantastic, the Thing, Green Goblin, Venom, and then there's all my pop figures. You can see TLC out in the front there
1: um yeah of course, of course the, those are front and center you're obsessed with tlc well, i've got a john
2: wick pop figure i just got to get my shells back up
1: oh yeah that's right i did get that for you didn't yeah. i but anyways i, I get you cool you have, stuff
2: you have no issues with it sort of becoming typical action movie climax at the end
1: uh you know no i i am a little bit disappointed that i didn't find anything about you know john wick jr but <laughs> but it is it's okay that's, it was it was still really good if i had that's to rank a lady fan in you if yeah if if i had to rank the episodes though i would obviously pick the first episode as number one because it was just really, really it, it was really interesting and it hooked you and i liked how they started all the stories uh and then i would actually pick the third episode as a very close tie though to the first and then the second episode would be last see, see this and is... that's it's not that the second episode was bad it's just if you had to rank it that's what you got to do
2: This is where we differ a little bit, because I'm guessing you're buying this episode, because you bought the first two. I had to twist your arm on the second, but you bought it. Yeah. Now, I'm buying this too, so we bought all three. Um, But if I were to rank it, I was thinking about this, I'm like, the best parts of this finale top anything we get in the first two episodes, almost. But episode two just had, to me, so many great standout scenes with the bus scene and the, when we get introduced to Gene with him sniping the, the the in the, the guy in the park trying to abduct the kid or whatever. I he's I to do, do love Gene. Mel Gibson, you know, beating the cellist to death with a golf club and the 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 scene with Sharon coming at the end. I mean, all the the stuff. I would pick episode two as my favorite of them. Really, I would hmm. put the finale probably a second and the premiere as uh, third. Um, now, if we actually look at IMDb. Uh, to see what, uh, I guess, your typical fans are rating them as. Um, this one is currently at an 8.1. Um, the premiere was a 7.5, and last week was a 7.3. So this is where I disagree with it a little bit. But you have to look at the amount of people who rated it, too. This is a newer episode. You only have a third as many people rating Episode 3 as rated Episode 1. But yeah. I-, I would go 2-3-1. That would be my ranking.
1: Yeah, mine would be uh, one, three, two. Uh, you also mentioned
2: the adjudicator. The adjudicator does come back at the end, basically try to say, well, we're not necessarily going to give you the Continental. But then when uh, Winston does kill her right in the middle of the street, uh, we we get the glimpse, a brief glimpse of what was under that mask, which it doesn't disappoint. It basically looks like Two-Face. She just has nothing on the bottom half of her face, just skeleton. skeleton. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a great uh, visual. Um, but uh, uh, any anything else in the episode that we missed talking about that you want to talk
1: about? Um, I think we basically covered everything. I, uh,
2: yeah, I I think that, um, the, uh, the thing we barely talked about this entire season was the coin press. That's the, the arc of the covenant in this series. And it's interesting. We barely did talk about it because, um, it's definitely a big part of the show. And this is the reason why everybody needs, why, why, you know, Mel Gibson so desperately needed to get Winston and get everything back. It was also why you had the adjudicator coming in there and everything, but when they had that final moment after they took the continental, and she's like, "Oh, and yeah, you know, you have something that we we need or whatever," I'm like, "Oh, that's right," because there are multiple times in the series where I sort of forgot that this coin press, because this is the this is what makes the coins that they trade for everything. I forgot this was even part of the show. Uh, not a problem with the show; just it very clearly was just the inanimate object that you need to center the story around.
1: Now, the question is, Is do they have more than one of these? Oh, or, yeah. Or, or is it just that they don't want it to fall into the wrong hands so then obviously people can make as much money as they I want? Mean,
2: they obviously have multiple because I doubt they're going to say, hey, we are a worldwide organization. We have our high table, which is centered somewhere in the Middle East and all that. And we're just going to take our one coin press and give it to some guy who sniffs Lysol and <laughs> hits people in the head with golf clubs. Uh, it runs a hotel in New York. I mean, I don't think they'd give it. I think that there are it may be something where every single continental around the world has one of these, right? Uh, Because that's the one place where you know that you can't conduct that. That would actually make sense. That's the one place where you can't conduct business, right? You can't kill people on continental grounds. So it's probably somewhere, all of them, but we also know that this is something that's ancient. So you can't remake it. You can't duplicate one of these, which is why it would be important to them going forward.
1: Do you think on the continental grounds that they would actually have uh, one of what, what is that called? I don't know. Well, like an incinerator thing for bodies, they probably would have something like oh, that, yeah. you think? Yeah. Because obviously people can die in there and stuff like that. You think that yeah. they would have that? Because how else are you going to get rid of all those bodies? Well, I mean,
2: we, we had the... John Wick 1, we had that cleanup crew who just comes, right? Well, and I yeah. I,
1: th- I think that's like far, further down the line though, when things get a little bit more, you know, fancy and well, organized and stuff. What was the line? I'm
2: trying to remember which scene it was in, but there was a line where it, it was... It's It's sort of like you know, whenever you have, uh, him go to somebody and they have a front for the, we talk about the fronts for the business. Like maybe what, maybe it was the dojo scene, but there was a line that somebody had in this episode. It's like, you know, something along the lines of, let me show you something from our fall collection, you know, something like that. Yeah.
1: And- well, no, there was a, a line from, uh, when they were doing the, the tubes and it says, uh, you know, uh, dinner for, uh, oh yeah, what was the line again? Dinner for two or
2: something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think that uh, it would be Another a great a great time for dinner in the in the, the yeah. lounge or something. And also,
2: we we did get uh, the uh, what would you even call them the the admitted ladies that are in all these movies. Yeah, those the secretary all, ones. Yeah, yeah, who all dressed the same. We got one of them in a fight scene, which was kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of great fight scenes in this episode. A lot of There were some great shots in this too. Um, to me, the most clever shot in this entire episode was after the lights went out and then they come back on. And Sharon's looking around like, Winston, Winston. And all of a sudden, you see some random guy sit up. And then you realize Winston's just underneath this guy's body. That was like a, whoa, what's this? Well, that, 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 that,
1: that's what I would do. Honestly, I would, I would drop Hide under a body. Well, I would drop right to the floor and to this, the first person that I, I felt that obviously was limp and not moving. I would just pull them on top of but, me. But it wasn't
2: just, it wasn't just what he did. It was the way the reveal of the shot was done where yeah. the dead body sits up straight and you're like, what is this? And, and then all of a sudden Winston's underneath him.
1: And I did like the scene, uh, uh, with uh, Yen and Gretel when they were fighting and stuff like that at the end of the scene, it, it puts you on your seat uh, at the edge of your seat for a second because all of a sudden you see Gretel come up from the water and Yen is obviously still in oh, the water yeah. and you, you think, oh my gosh, like Yen's dead and, and this Gretel lady is one and you're convinced of it honestly mm-hmm. and then a second goes by and you see obviously that yen has you know bugged her with some type of explosive device and blows her body to pieces that was mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah that was
2: great yeah uh, last thing i want to talk about we haven't even touched on this in the entire uh, series so far the soundtrack now the soundtracks for this show is amazing um i think that this is the only episode where they've used a lot of very recognizable songs um like right place wrong time the doctor Hook song that was like right at the beginning of the episode Barracuda by heart right and then obviously uh it kind of ends with um the who's Babble O'Reilly um uh, but uh the soundtrack for this entire series is amazing I hope they actually put out a release that is all the songs from all three episodes because it's it's like you know not not your predictable 70 soundtrack this isn't what you would get from what every other movie that's being released nowadays where it's like we have to have a classic rock soundtrack. I appreciate they use some kind of obscure songs throughout it.
1: Do you feel like they did justice to making it in a 70s style? Oh, 100%. Yeah. like Because and- I feel like the clothes and the, the vibe of everything and the look of everything and the attitude of people, I just feel like it, it's so 70s. One complaint, though, I feel like it looks too modern. I don't know no. if you'll agree with me or not. No, no, no. Listen, listen. You don't know what I'm going to say. That little note that they sent throughout the hotel. hmm with it it was saying like these people Oh yeah. You know it was what I'm like talking a wanted about? poster. Yeah. yeah. but it looked too modern. It didn't look like something that people would have made in like the 70s. Yeah. It yeah, looked no, a little bit too that, modern. Cuz it had the pictures
2: on it. Cuz everything else we got with John Wick it's like
1: people get Oh, I'm so tired. Uh, people get like... A, That'll happen to you when you have three kids.
2: A text message on like old school cell phones that just have like a name and everything. I also found the bounty that they were offering that Cormac himself was offering for Winston it's like $2 million but yet in the first... What John Wick's bounty was at $7 million at one point and I think they doubled it to $14 million. And that's like decades later. Yeah. Like I don't think Mel Gibson's putting up $2 million at this point. I don't think Mel Gibson has $2 million. In the but 70s. to be
1: honest with you, the type of guy that he is, though, I feel like he would say anything to get people to kill whoever he needed them to, even if he didn't actually have the money. Yeah. Seems like he would be that type of guy. Um, Mel Gibson's a villain. Uh, satisfying? But he's always satisfying.
2: Yeah, but w- you rarely see him as a villain. I mean, he did it, what I think in the Expendables movie and... Maybe a machete kills. Um, that might be the only times he ever played a villain, uh, other than real life. I mean, he's a good villain in real life, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, he's always great, no matter what. He's just a great actor.
2: Yeah, Do you have a, a, a star for the series. Who was who? Who do you was the best thing about the show?
1: Uh, oh. That's that's a hard one. There were so many people that were so good. And, you know, again, like I know if I had to pick like a side character, that's like kind of like a throwaway one where they didn't really invest in much story or anything. It's going to sound weird, but I would pick Gene. Yeah. Well, I, I would really he, like he, him. I'm like, I want to see more of he, Gene. He would be my <laughs> honorable mention.
2: That is that is like yeah, the unsung hero of the series. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody was really good, but he would be the unsung hero to yeah. me though.
1: Sharon is the star
2: of this series. I, I was
1: going to say probably episode him.
2: one, we were talking about, Oh, this is kind of like a small role for him. And then yeah. he becomes the second biggest star at the end of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think part of it with the actor just did such a good job. You believe that he's 18 year old Lance Reddick, but it's just the fact that you gave his character development. And these aren't characters that you think you need development. I think last thing to really just mention is whether this series is necessary or not. Cause a lot of people be like, Oh, you, this is like just a, spin-off it's a cash grab or whatever for john wick and when we sort of started this we said we thought that the dog's whining upstairs that's what you're hearing (laughs) uh no cameo from disney today but we thought this would be oh this is mel gibson is the owner of the continental winston works for maybe winston is the concierge or something like that and the show ends up being something completely different um which wasn't really what we expected at all and 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 that's in a good way. I think that uh, to me, this felt less like, hey, we want to do a spin-off of the Continental. Give me some ideas. And it felt a little bit more like somebody one day was like, you know what? It, I actually got an interesting idea for a series. They came up with the idea of the show and the story first and then said, where can we go from this? As opposed to, what do we need to do to get a prequel? And they're like, oh, uh, young Winston and young Sharon. It felt a little bit more natural. It's not like we absolutely needed this series to exist.
1: I I was going to actually just chime in and say, I absolutely agree. And I think the same thing, it definitely feels like somebody just thought out a story and said, wouldn't this be neat rather than saying we need to do a prequel. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's funny because you get these sequels sometimes to stuff and and you're like
2: exorcist believer. Oh,
1: and it's like, obviously, you know, somebody was just looking to make some money. There was really no thought in this.
2: Yeah. Like this is, I mean, I'm sure there is a cash grab part of this, right? Like, They know that the John Wick series is over. It's become more and more profitable with each movie. And now you're, you're done with it, but they've got this massive universe. And for all I know, it could have actually started with somebody just saying, Hey, Hey, can we get some ideas out there for, you know, you got a writer's room together. Hey, can we get some ideas on what we could do for a prequel series or something, something involving the Continental? This
1: was a really good thing for Prime to, to get, hey? Well,
2: it's only Prime in Canada. Like this is on Peacock in America. It's produced for Peacock, but I guess internationally, like here in Canada, Amazon Prime's got it. But it's, it's been huge. I mean, they've got like, I think this is the most amount of promotion they've ever put into something I've seen on Prime since outside of Jack Ryan, maybe.
1: And how Um, how weird is it now with TV nowadays that we like we don't even have cable anymore because it's just it's not even a thing anymore. Yeah, it's just literally all streaming.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) in the end, you don't pay less money. I mean,
1: (laughs) no, it. it, it, To be honest with you, when you consider all the streaming. apps that you use and stuff like that it probably adds up to about the same and obviously you can cancel and some of them we cycle through yeah some of them will sign you know up for a few months A uh, you know a year if we need extra stuff to watch but i just always find it interesting because i still remember you know going back to being a kid and it's like you had to rush to actually come watch the show if it came back on after mm. a commercial and you couldn't fast forward commercials there'd
2: be no option of i'm gonna watch the first 30 minutes on my phone and then watch on TV when it, the kids go to bed. It's just,
1: I always think about how impatient our kids are. You know, we have two four year olds, we have four year old twins. And then we also have a seven year old and they get so impatient watching YouTube. And it's like, when it's like, skip skip it. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you're so spoiled. You literally have no idea. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean,
2: if, if, the commercials were as good as they were when we were younger, maybe. They want but to watch but
1: mind you, people, people might say the same type of thing, even like for ha- us having a microwave instead of needing to cook everything on the yeah, stove. Exactly. Right.
2: Um, <laughs> anyways, as I was saying, uh, <laughs> this felt like a natural story, even though it probably was them saying, what are we going to do to get a prequel? To me, the story feels natural. It feels like the story kind of came first and then it wasn't what you expected. And maybe they could do another series where it's just him running the Continental. I mean the, the kind of the interesting thing about the Continental is that if you're centering a show there, you gotta have something really big come up because it never nothing ever happens on Continental Grounds, you know? Yeah. Um but uh, I, I thought the series was good. I'm I'm excited for Ballerina, which is coming next. Are you excited for Ballerina?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I'm not saying I wasn't excited for it. I was looking forward to it, but now I'm actually kind of excited for it after watching this. Yeah, because you you have it's it just it gives me it gives me uh, confidence that they will come out with something that's amazing. Well, and and ballerina. Hey, dizzy, dizzy, don't lick that.
2: What is dizzy licking?
1: She she had her, her face in the red bucket. Oh,
2: that that's what we were using to clean up stuff in the yard. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, okay, so ballerina is what we're gonna be talking about next year. Uh, the exciting thing about this is we're hey, going to get, we're going to get, uh, Ian McShane oh, and Lance Reddick back. So this is going to be John McCrew and Keanu Reeves is in the movie. So even though the Keanu Reeves, uh, the Keanu Reeves series is over. Yes. Keanu Reeves part four, Keanu Reeves chapters four. Sorry. He does have a role in this, uh, in the ballerina movie, it's obviously going to be Anna Armas starring and we get Angelica Houston back. So we got a lot of people from the John Wick universe in this movie. Um, the, uh, the director, Len Wiseman, this is the guy who did Live Free or Die Hard, which is my favorite of the Die Hard sequels. He's also the guy who did the Underworld or many of the Underworld movies. When he's got the right movie, he's a good director. Um, it's delayed now. I think we already mentioned it's going to be coming out, what, in like June or something like that? May or June. Okay. Um, but uh, by the time this comes out, we will do proper recaps for John Wick Chapter 3 and John Wick Chapter 4. So we're basically determined we're going to stick with this entire series. C-
1: could you imagine if we ever actually got to meet Keanu Reeves at like a Comic Con or something? I-, I would ask him. Well, well, oh, tell tell me about your playlist on uh, SiriusXM's Pop Rocks.
2: <laughs> uh, do you even listen to Dog Star? Uh,
1: I'm I'm gonna say that you know I've checked out a couple of their tracks like once or twice, but it's not like I'm like a because he's not the fan. singer, right? I know that he's the bass player. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. If he was the singer, he would be like... Hey whoa yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's I, a, this is a this is a new song guys called hey
1: whoa i but again it's like it's all about keanu reeves right so like i said if he i'm gonna look you know if he reads any audiobooks or anything like right. that i'm gonna purchase them yeah well put it on your christmas list <laughs> um, other stuff that we got
2: coming out um the you already would have heard the amazing race episode uh, of the week um 24 we're uh done season five now the season five recap is done so season six episode one starts next week excited for that for at least the first four weeks and then we'll get the rest of the season after that uh and our movie recaps we're into um the uh what do you call it? dead duck month uh all movies centered around the plot keyword of dead ducks as dizzy goes around licking uh you know it's usually the kids who interrupt me when i record these not the dogs uh but uh We did uh, Weird Science. We got Barbarella, which is coming out next, I think. Uh, And uh, then two more movies to wrap it up. Um, And then next month will be really exciting because we're going to be doing uh, a movie franchise almost on level with Star Wars or Indiana Jones or James Bond for me. Uh, And on the level with John Wick for me. That's going to be really exciting. Um, And um, here's what we're not going to do. We talked about stories you just come up with for sake of making them, we're not going to be doing a review on Exorcist Believer, even though it would be an incredibly entertaining review, because that movie sucks. It sucks it's so really bad. bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, we're just going to save the time of doing the review to say that the Exorcist Believer sucks really, really, really bad. <laughs> and in case you didn't hear it, it's really bad. It's horrible. Uh, if one day maybe we'll do a review for Halloween Month or something like that, it would have been appropriate this week anyways uh you can listen to all of our episodes and uh um, follow us on social media or whatever else we have out there and uh this will be the last year from jamie probably until we do john wick chapter three and four next year um,
1: my name is colin and dress up a pig but you can't make him Jim and my name is jamie and i'll be seeing you
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of The Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram